What is up, Thrive Tribe? Welcome back to the Thrive University Podcast. I am your host and Chief Energy Officer, Jeremy Abramson, and I cannot wait for you to have your mind blown in today's episode with the one and only Ben Azadi. And Ben has built a global brand with Keto Camp, where he educates and empowers his students, his community to take ownership of their health through ancient healing modalities such as keto, intermittent fasting, and other powerful modalities that are going to help you get your life and health back on track. And we dive deep into some of these strategies in today's conversation. And there's so much information that we had to split this episode up into two parts, which I've never had to do before, but that's just what Ben does. He blows my mind. He blows the minds of everyone he comes in contact with because he is so committed to the information, to the knowledge, and to really spreading this knowledge and making it go viral because ultimately that's how we help humanity create better health, healing, and happiness. So enjoy the first part of this conversation with Ben Azadi. What is up, Thrive Tribe? Welcome back to the Thrive University podcast. And my oh my, do we have a special treat for you today? It is round three with the one and only, the myth, the man, the legend, Ben Azadi, baby. Welcome Jeremy. back. Dude, I'm excited to be back with you. We're going to change so many lives today. So for those listening, Make sure you're present, take notes. We're going to rock it today. Yeah. And Ben is somebody, you're somebody that's always on top of new research. And I'm curious to know, like, what's something right now that you're spending a lot of time thinking about, researching, working with your clients on? Great question. Great way to start. It's actually a lot of what you teach, which is the mindset part. You know, yeah. year after year, as I study health and nutrition, I've been at it for 14 years now, right? Before I used to think it was all about strategy. Now I believe 95% of success, not just with health, but all areas of life is mindset and 5% strategy. Now that 5% needs to be really good strategy, but it's doing the inner work, right? The mental six pack, developing that, using things like thoughts and gratitude, vitamin G to heal the body. Uh, and there's science to actually back up what gratitude does to change your physiology, to change inflammation in your body. And you preach that all the time. So that's what's exciting to me. I've been putting that into more content, more lectures, because that's been making a big difference in my community. Yeah, I appreciate that. And when you're really in that attitude of gratitude, it's hard to experience feelings of anger, resentment, sadness yeah. simultaneously. Yeah. So it's good to know that there's research that's also backing this up. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I call it vitamin G. I believe it's the strongest vitamin in the world. There, you can't overdose on it. And it's free, right? So vitamin G is gratitude, obviously. And Dr. Joe Dispenza, who is an amazing resource, you got to bring him on your podcast soon. He's done brain scans. Did you scans. get him on yours? No, not yet. Okay. Not yet. It's been a, it's been a challenge. <laughs> but he's done brain scans on thousands of participants who go through his course, right? And he has them practice gratitude and he looks at their brain, he looks at their body, looks at inflammatory levels. And he saw 1200 different chemical process, processes that take place instantaneously so to put the body in an anti-inflammatory healing state when they practice gratitude. That's why I always say, 
what you appreciate appreciates. And those thoughts that you have every single day, the 60,000 thoughts, that's really important to understand because you could choose the negativity, which is going to create inflammation, or you could choose the abundant, loving, grateful thoughts, which produces anti-inflammation in your body. Mm. So that's why I would say, Jeremy, you are the most influential person you'll speak to today because of the power of the thoughts and what gratitude does to heal your body. Yeah, that's facts. And I also think that feeling gratitude for yourself and acknowledging yourself and celebrating yourself for your journey, for the progress, right? Because so many people struggle with low self-esteem, low confidence, lack of self-love. And if you don't respect yourself, if you don't love yourself, how do you expect someone else mm. to do those things? Right? right. So, so bringing in that gratitude for the simple things, I think is just such a powerful foundation. And I actually want to refer back to something you said right before that about strategy, just being 5% of the puzzle. And Tony Robbins says something similar, right? Before focusing on strategy, you want to number one, focus on the story. What story are you currently telling yourself? What narrative are you telling yourself? And how is that story holding you back from unleashing your full potential, right? And then number two is state. You need to change your state. You're a perfect example of that. You do it all the time. Right, you yeah. too. How, and, and powerful ways to do that are the ice bath, cold showers, a workout, right? Listening, dancing to music, Something that's going to change your physiology because that's going to change your ability to think differently and feel differently. And then, then after we address state and stories, we can focus on strategy. That's right. Yeah, that's it's beautifully broke, broken down. But there's one more piece to that, right? The environment, right? Because mm. your environment determines your thoughts. Your thoughts determine your state. Your state determines your actions. Your actions determine your results, right? So it starts with the environment, right? So who are you hanging around with? What are you watching? Are you watching toxic fear porn news? Or are you opening up a book? Are you having conversations with people who are on this vibration like Jeremy? Or are you having conversations with people who are complaining and gossiping? There is a YouTube video called Fleas in a Jar. 60 seconds, it'll change the way you think about your environment. What, what, this, what this video shows is they put hundreds of fleas in a jar, put that jar upside down. The fleas are trapped there. They leave the jar there with the fleas for a few hours. So the fleas are trying to fly around, but they can't escape. After a few hours, they remove the jar completely, but the fleas have now been conditioned by their environment to still fly in that same pattern. And they remain in that little pattern as if the jar was there. But not only that, the, the offsprings that are produced by those fleas flew in the same pattern when they were born. They stayed in that same pattern, even though wow. the jar has been removed. That's a perfect example of what your environment does to you. So your environment determines your thoughts. I would start there. Make sure you cut out people who are not serving your worth or serving your goals. Yeah. Wow. That's powerful. We definitely need to get that clip up there. And I always say just because someone was part of your chapter two, doesn't necessarily mean that they're supposed to be part of your chapter eight, because as you evolve as a human being, so do your relationships. And if the people that you were hanging out with are doing 
things that don't necessarily align with your highest self. They're getting blackout drunk. They're smoking. They're watching porn. They're doing things that don't serve your growth. Then it's probably time to distance yourself and prioritize your peace, prioritize your path forward. Um, so these fleas, this is a video of the fleas and they don't leave the jar. They're like, st- the jar is removed, but they still fly in the same pattern as if the jar was there. They were conditioned now to believe the jar is there in that same, same you could see it on the video on YouTube in that same pattern. They have offspring and the offspring still fly in that same pattern. That's fucking wild. It's crazy, dude. It's absolutely crazy. And that's powerful too, because our subconscious mind basically runs our life. Everything. And a majority of our subconscious program is created in the first seven years. Yep. So understand that all of those stories, all of those experiences as a young child shape our reality as adults. That's exactly it. It's conditioning. Yeah. So when we have those, those self-limiting thoughts, like you were mentioning, it has everything to do with our conditioning and nothing to do with our potential because it's all just stored in your paradigm, that subconscious mind. But here's the thing. You cannot escape a prison if you don't know you're in one, just like mm. those fleas. So awareness is number one. Why are you having those toxic thoughts? It has nothing to do with you and your potential and all the things you could do in this world. It has everything to do with the first seven years of your life these learned behaviors. And if you could understand that, it makes things so empowering and you could just let that thought pass and then choose a better thought. And I have to share one more thing with you because I forgot to mention this earlier, the power of thoughts, Jeremy. This is gonna blow your mind. I was studying Bob Proctor like I do every single day. He's changed my life, saved my life, I would go as far as to say. And Bob Proctor was sharing a story about being in a car on a road trip in 1975 or so. And he was in the car using his thoughts to make clouds disappear with his thoughts, right? And I thought this is really bogus, like this is wild, but I got to give it a shot. So I go on my balcony where I live in Bay Harbor and I start to look at a cloud. I, I chose a small cloud and I'm staring at it and I'm like, should I blink? I need a blink. And I'm like all in my head. But then I got really focused on that cloud and I just started to envision that cloud disappearing before my eyes and Jeremy in about 60 seconds, that cloud disappeared before my eyes. So I ran into the bedroom, told my fiance, Natasha, Hey, I'm making clouds disappear with my thoughts. And she's like, what are you talking about? So she goes outside with me and I tell her, pick a cloud, any cloud. She chose a cloud. I make it disappear. And I just keep making clouds disappear with my thoughts. I'm hundred percent of making clouds disappear with my thoughts. And do you know why? Because thoughts are the most powerful frequency on planet earth. And clouds are just energy and frequency, and you could actually make them disappear. So I want you to try it, Jeremy, and I want your audience to try it later too. Shit. I haven't seen you in a few months and you're out here (laughs) making clouds disappear? Okay. All right. But that's just indicative of how powerful just this inner world is. That's right. You know? And I think something that a lot of people struggle with is they do become a prison prisoner of their own mind and they become a slave to their thoughts and they take every thought that they have as truth. And I think something that's been really helpful for me is treating our thoughts, having the perspective of being an observer, literally just watching 
the thoughts pass by as if they're clouds in the sky. Exactly. And you can acknowledge the ones that don't serve you and allow them to keep going. And then once those thoughts that are empowering you come through, run away with those and, and really use those to fuel your dreams, to fuel your purpose. This is so important to understand. Like we could teach people about keto and intermittent fasting and all the cool things we're going to talk about. But this right here is how you change your life for the better. Because if you're thinking is thinking, your dreams are shrinking, Jeremy. Facts. <laughs> and I want to talk about your purpose because it's a big one. Ever since I met you, you've been very vocal about your mission and your vision. And I would argue that that is one of the best things that you can do to cultivate a healthier brain mm. is by being aligned to your purpose, to your soul's calling, your dharma, right? Yeah. And waking up every day knowing that you get to serve humanity in a positive way. So I want you to talk a little bit about your mission and how that fuels you on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, and you do a really good job talking about this very often. And I love that about you because not a lot of people talk about how important it is to live on purpose with your purpose, which you're clearly doing. That's how you got so much energy. I'm clearly doing. That's how I have so much energy. You don't need to find energy when you're living on purpose with your purpose. You release that. It's inside of you. Mm. Uh, it, it's so important to find your purpose and then live on purpose with that purpose. And for so many years, 24 years, as a matter of fact, I didn't have any purpose. I mean, my goals were getting the best video game score and um, that was pretty much like my highest goal right there. And my purpose actually came from a void. It came from hitting rock bottom and being depressed and suicidal, like I spoke about on previous episodes. And I think that's where a lot of people get their purpose. So if somebody's going through something really challenging right now, you're depressed, maybe you're suicidal, you're rock bottom, you know, this could be a beautiful thing for you. You could turn this around and you could turn that into something really magnificent, a business, a career, an opportunity, a podcast, your purpose, your dharma, your telos, the Greeks call it the telos as well. So for me, you know, I went through depression, suicidal thoughts and all that. My dad got sick. He lost his life to diabetes. And that's what revealed my purpose. I started mm. to see how many people out there are sick and suffering. They're tiptoeing their way through life, hoping to land safely on death's door. They're asleep. They're not taking responsibility for their health. They're treating it casually. And you treat your health casually, you end up a casualty. So the mission developed from that to educate and to inspire and to wake up 1 billion people to show them that your human body was built so magnificently, you were designed to heal. We just need to do our part and remove the interference. And that's where the mission was stemmed from. Mm. Preach, my brother. <laughs> that was amazing. That might have been one of the best rants on the pod, but you can literally feel the energy flowing through you when you speak about it. And right now, I think the number one reason for people being depressed that doesn't get talked about is that they're waking up with no purpose, with no meaning. They're selling their soul for a paycheck. Yeah. And you can only do that so long before you start to feel the energy and life force being drained from you. So I think something powerful that people can do if they're feeling like they're in that position is start pursuing your passions just a little bit every single day. What's something you're curious about? What's something that you used to love doing as a child, 
right? And how can you potentially share that with others? Yeah. Because that's really what we're doing. Exactly. And if you live in America, I mean, you have the opportunity to create anything you want with something you love to do. A lot of people say, but I love uh, maybe painting and drawing. How could I turn that into a career? It's been done before. Why not you, right? You could turn any passion into something that's profitable. And money is just a tool to help more people, right? So you could, if you live in America, you can make it happen. You are, we are so blessed to live in this country. And like Jeremy said, it doesn't mean you quit your job today and say, I'm out of here. You know, I heard this podcast with Jeremy and Ben. It means you add one little tweak each week and small tweaks lead to giant peaks. Say that last line again. Uh, small tweaks lead to giant peaks. That's massive. Small tweaks lead to massive peaks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's powerful. Because it really is those small changes that manifest into big, massive changes in the long term. But I think so many people, Ben, are impatient. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and they're expecting these results in a week, in a month, in a year. And really, that's not how things work. It requires commitment. It requires consistency. Dude, one of the things, one of the most common comments on my videos is that I don't blink. I'm cracked out. I must be on drugs. My energy isn't real. And I want to use this opportunity to tell any of those people that my energy is extremely real and it really does come from this sense of purpose and alignment with my life. I feel so much gratitude and energy because I literally get to do what I love every single day. Mm. And there's no greater life force and energetic frequency than aligning yourself with your purpose. Amen, brother. Preach, dude. And I, I, I know Jeremy personally. I've known you for years. And Jeremy is not doing cocaine. He's not doing drugs. Like this is his natural, authentic state. Perfect example. When I parked, you know, down the street here to meet you at your studio, I'm walking across the street and I hear Keto Camp. Jeremy shouting out from across the street, <laughs> welcoming me with a big hug and energy. Like that's who he is. And that's your authentic self. And that's why you're changing so many lives, connecting with so many people. And I know Jeremy personally, like this is his true authentic self, whether you're having dinner with him, you're on a podcast, he's on a YouTube video, whatever it is, like this is Jeremy. One more thing to add to the purpose. There's a great book that came out uh, in the 1980s called Recovering the Soul. Great title from a medical doctor named Dr. Larry Dossie. And they just did a study in that book looking at when Americans had their first heart attack or stroke. And they would predict that American adults would have their first heart attack or stroke 85% of the time during Monday morning between 8 and 9 a.m. going to the, a job that they hate. And that's what stress does, to your point, to lead to disease in your body. Yeah. And it's crazy, right? Because the Western medicine model is never going to address that, right? That requires getting to know someone, having deep conversations, because you can be doing all of the things right. You can be intermittent fasting. You can be eating the healthiest foods. You can be training hard. You can be getting adequate sleep. But if you are not aligned with your purpose, I truly believe that it's going to manifest in some sort of inflammation 
in some sort of interference and some sort of disease later on in life. It will. It's a fact. It's an absolute fact. I mean, if you want the science behind all of this, because some people hear this and they think gratitude and thoughts and, you know, being aligned with your purpose, they think it's a little woo woo. Have you seen people kind of make yeah. those comments? Yeah. So then we could back it up with science, right? I mean, just go study Dr. Bruce Lipton, who I've interviewed. Have you interviewed him yet? No. Uh, yeah. So I interviewed Dr. Bruce Lipton and he explained, and he has research that shows the thoughts that you create, those 60,000 thoughts are frequencies that penetrate your cell membranes and communicate with your DNA nucleus. If it's a stressful thought, because you're thinking about how much you hate your job, you're watching toxic news, you're watching fear porn, social media, highlight reels, and it's negative thoughts, the stinking thinking, the proteins produced by your DNA are inflammatory. Your mm. thoughts are creating inflammatory proteins 60,000 times per day. But think about the opposite. If you're actually doing the things we're talking about here, practicing self-love and gratitude, living on purpose with your purpose, turning off the news, opening up a book, listening to podcasts like this, if you have 60,000 thoughts, that's 60,000 opportunities to put your body in a healing, anti-inflammatory state every mm. single day. Mm. How empowering is that? And your conventional doctor is not going to tell that to you, but that is an actual fact. Yeah. It'll be fun. Maybe down the road. Ben, myself, some of our other friends and colleagues will open up some sort of school or academy that puts all of these teachings in a curriculum where people can actually go through this journey and just get fueled with the most legitimate knowledge and tools to take 100% ownership of their life. I'm, I'm speaking that into existence and um, finishing up on the purpose stuff. I know you mentioned to me that I believe it was around seven years ago, you made the conscious decision to stop drinking alcohol because it was preventing you from being the most powerful version of yourself. That's right. And I'd love for you to just kind of dive deeper into that. Yeah, I, I never had a drinking problem, meaning I wasn't uh, addicted to alcohol, but I was a, an occasional drinker. I would have a drink maybe two or three times a month. And every time I drank, whether it was like a healthy organic wine or tequila or beer, whatever it was, the next day I was just not who I wanted to be, meaning I was a little bit behind, mm. maybe some brain fog, maybe the day just got started a little bit late. I just wasn't, I didn't feel like I was 100% on my A game. Yeah. And at this time is when I was actually getting really clear on my purpose and my mission, which is to educate and to inspire a billion people. So I'm thinking about, all right, if that is my mission and I'm committed to it, not just being interested in that mission, but I'm hundred percent committed. This is taking me away from that. Even if it's just a little bit, that's going to add up and compound over time. Mm. So I told myself, I haven't hit that mission. I haven't helped those 1 billion people. I don't deserve to be doing things like that. That's not serving that mission and taking me in the opposite direction. So once I got clear on those highest values, then I made the decision to stop drinking. And I haven't had a sip of alcohol ever since then. Really? Yeah. So seven years, like basically complete sobriety when it comes to alcohol? 100% sobriety. Wow. That's inspiring. Thank you. That's powerful. And I think... Sometimes we've been told that a couple glasses of wine is actually beneficial for your heart, which is complete bullshit because that's under the preface that resveratrol, which might be beneficial in some capacity, you would legit need to drink like 
a couple bottles of wine by yourself to get the benefits of resveratrol, right? Which obviously is not going to serve you. And I think a lot of people underestimate how much of a negative impact even just a couple drinks has on your brain, your sleep, and your ability to show up in the most powerful way for yourself and for others. They do. Most people do. And you're right. Alcohol is a neurotoxin. It doesn't matter if it's the best alcohol in the world or some cheap beer. All of that is a neurotoxin. You're killing brain cells every sip of alcohol that you drink. Not only that, your body needs to treat that like a poison because alcohol is a poison. So what happens is your liver has to detoxify that alcohol. So it prioritizes getting rid of that alcohol over producing bile, which breaks down fat, over other amazing processes like burning fat and producing energy. That mm. alcohol takes high priority because it's, it's a toxin. So the body stops all these other processes that are very much needed to deal with the alcohol coming in. And then once it you know, processes that alcohol, it goes back to that. But if your liver is already toxic and sluggish, like most Americans, and you're adding alcohol, which is making that liver work even harder, you're just adding fuel to the fire. And it's very important to understand this because that's what's happening to a lot of people. And to your point, they're actually not aware of what it's doing to their body. Yeah. It's, it's just another case of something that is legal because alcohol is legal. But that doesn't mean that it's not a drug. And like you said, this is a liquid poison that literally crosses your blood brain barrier. And if we want to create better mental health, if we want to create brighter futures for ourselves and our families, I just think we need to revisit our relationship with alcohol. And I personally enjoy an occasional cocktail here and there, a cold beer, whatever it may be. But you just have to ask yourself, is this something that you have control over? Or is this something that you are dependent on because you're using it to numb yourself from actually being with yourself, from feeling your emotions? Great questions to ask. And, you know, to your point, uh, just because I haven't had alcohol in seven years, I'm not committed to never having it again. Right. I just haven't felt called. I didn't have, I haven't had that occasion or that moment. So it's just been 100% no alcohol for me, but I'm not that's not my commitment, meaning like I'm open to having an occasional drink to celebrate something because there is also health benefits to celebrating things and being in the moment. So we need to understand as that as well. But that's very different than what we're talking about. The person who's numbing themselves, drinking beer every night or every single weekend. And I want to hear your thoughts because the biggest challenge I see with people giving up alcohol is having that conversation and setting those boundaries with their friends who are so used to them drinking. So what would you, what advice would you give that person? How could you set those boundaries in the relationships? Yeah, that's a great question. Number one, it is remembering that you're in a relationship with yourself for the rest of your life. So yeah, it might be challenging to have these conversations with people that you've been friends with for a long time, but you are your top priority, your health, your children, your future generations, right? Something that doesn't get talked about often enough is this idea of generational health, mm. right? Because we hear all the time about generational trauma and how different emotional wounds and traumas get passed down to generations if they don't get addressed. So we have the opportunity 
to actually change the narrative, face our traumas, heal from our emotional wounds, and create true health and healing in our lives, and then give that gift to our children, to our future grandchildren. And to answer your question fully, I think once you understand that you're the top priority, it's understanding that if these people that you're communicating to are actual, real, genuine friends, then they are going to see you. They're going to hear you. And if that's something that they don't appreciate or don't receive well, then I think that's pretty indicative of the type of person they are and whether or not they belong in your life. And that's super challenging, right? Because it's all about leaning into discomfort. It's leaning into those uncomfortable conversations and the idea that you might have to reinvent your relationships to, to align with the newest version of yourself, mm. you know? And I think a great way to do that is simply spend time at places where you're likely to meet people with similar interests, yeah. yoga studios, uh, different gyms, shopping at Whole Foods, um, going to music festival of a, of a band that you like, like really putting yourself in position to connect with those like-minded growth oriented people will only lead to good things. Yo, yo, yo. I'm sorry to interrupt this conversation with Ben Azadi, but I hope that you're getting some knowledge and getting some value from this episode. And the best way to spread that knowledge is by sharing it on your social media platforms. Let your friends and community know that you are expanding your mind. So tag Ben and I. Ben's handle is at the Ben Azadi, and I am at Coach Jeremy 305. Let us know what is the biggest takeaway for you thus far, because we want to continue connecting with you and cultivating this incredible community. Now, let's get back to the show. Yeah, well said. I mean, it goes back to how we started the conversation, self-love, self-worth, which is aligned with what you just said. And then fleas in a jar, your environment, right? You got to change your environment to change your, your thoughts, which changes your actions, et cetera. So great advice, Jeremy. Here's something else, by the way, that's, that's just bizarre since we're talking about alcohol. Alcohol is the only drug that you have to justify not taking, right? Like if you're at a bar with your friends and they're all drinking and they offer you a drink and you're like, nah, bro, I'm good. I'm good. They start to look at you funny. They're like, what do you mean you're good, bro? Like we're all drinking. Like this is, this is part of what we do. It's like, nah, man, like I'm good. I'm good with my water. Like, I don't want to feel like shit the next day. You literally have to have like excuses and reasons ready to justify the fact that you're not poisoning yourself with this toxic inflammatory liquid that somehow is still legal. But that's just my two cents. It's wild. Yeah. I mean, something similar could be said about sugar, right? It's like, um, there's a drug dealer on every quarter with sugar, uh, ice cream trucks and gas stations and supermarkets loaded with sugar and sugar could be categorized as a drug as well. So it's crazy how we normalize these things. And in reality, it's, it's not healthy to have these on a, on a daily basis. I'm curious to know, since we're on the topic of sugar now, so my perspective on sugar, if it's like real sugar, like either coconut sugar or something from like a natural source, like fruit, I mean, like fruit of yeah. course. Um, 
if you have an active lifestyle, like both of us do, your body actually has the mechanism to use that sugar for fuel, right? And you can burn that sugar. But the artificial sweeteners like sucralose, high fructose corn syrup, aspartame, your body doesn't really have the systems or mechanisms to digest and metabolize those chemical compounds. You're right. It's a completely different process. Uh, if you think about eating a whole fruit, an apple or blueberries or whatever it is, versus yeah. even fruit juice, which strips away a lot of these fibers and complexes versus like high fructose corn syrup, sucralose, aspartame, completely different process. The whole fruit is treated as a whole fruit. There's um, a matrix of like antioxidants and fiber. Your body's going to use it. You're going to assimilate it. You're going to, you're going to burn it for energy, right? Put it into your glycogen stores, your liver, muscle cells. You take sucralose on a daily basis, man, you're going to wreck your gut. You're probably going to create some, some neurological issues possibly, but high fructose corn syrup, Dr. Bruce Lipton um, shared with me that when you consume high fructose corn syrup, which is just processed sugar, it takes blood flow away from the prefrontal cortex of your brain, as you know, the decision-making part of your brain, and directs it to your amygdala. So it puts you in fear, in a fearful state, takes you away from critical thinking when you consume high fructose corn syrup. And that's just further proof that your food determines your mood mm. and mental health. That's it. That's fucking wild. I never heard about that. And, and that explains why. I mean, it, it makes sense too when you think about it because the amygdala is this small almond-shaped part of the brain that's really responsible for fear. fear. Mm -hmm. And if you're heightening blood flow to that area, you're going to elevate those feelings of fear, which is going to lead to things like anxiety, right? Which is in general, just a constant looking forward and fearing what's next, what's going to happen, what's not going to happen. ADD, ADHD, all these uh, labeled conditions. Yep, all of that. Exactly. What are your thoughts on ADHD? My thoughts is that it's, it's a label used to mask. Um, it's a label used to mask a symptom, but it's actually not getting to the cause. Right? So it's very controversial. I don't know what you think about that, but I think it's made up. I think that a kid who has ADHD you could put him in front of something he loves to do and his ADHD goes away. So how do you explain that? Right. I think it's a matter of them not finding the things they love, but also, you know, nutrition, um, lifestyle, et cetera. So I think it's a combination of things and I think it's treated the wrong way, like conventional medicine always treats. And it's just look, looking at the symptom, putting a bandaid on it versus getting to the cause or causes to why this kid, this person actually has these symptoms. What are your thoughts on ADHD? This is good. This is great because a lot of people are going to be triggered by what you just said. I know. And I want to preface everything that I speak and I, and I second this with everything that Ben says, like none of the stuff that we're talking about or saying is designed to offend anyone or hurt anyone's feelings. So if you do find yourself getting triggered by any of the things that we're saying, it's just an opportunity to really check in with yourself and ask why. And we're not saying to agree with us or believe everything we're saying. Always do your own homework, your own research. These are simply our opinions. This is not medical advice. That's right. And I could be completely wrong, but that's how I feel right now, right? I'm open to changing my mind. My perspective is very similar to yours. I believe that for the most part, ADHD is 
a fabrication of the mind. And it's a label that has enabled pharmaceutical companies to make hundreds of billions of dollars off legalized cocaine, such as Ritalin, Mm. Adderall, Vyvanse, which has literally been found to, if you look at brain scans, which has literally been found to impact the brain in a similar way that chronic cocaine use does, right? And we're giving this stuff, bro, to seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds. It's somehow become normal in our society that we're literally feeding children methamphetamines rather than actually holding our parents responsible, teachers responsible. Kids are not designed to be stuck in a classroom for seven hours learning about shit that they don't care about. That's right. And like you said, once you actually give that child the opportunity to spend that time doing something he loves, whether that is art, whether that is sports, whether that is math, they're going to channel that ADHD into a lot of magic. That's right. And it magically goes away, right? The ADHD goes away when they do that. It's going to be their biggest superpower. And then finally, the last thing I'll say about that is like these artificial food dyes that are so prominent and basically every processed and packaged food that you'll find on the shelves at supermarkets, yellow five, blue one, red 40, these things have been proven to be very, very, very negatively impactful for the developing brain, right? And really accelerating hyperactivity of the brain. So eliminating some of those artificial food dyes and artificial sweeteners that we talked about is going to really create a healthier brain for, for our children and for our adults. It's well said, you know, this is so important because it's almost as if everything we've been taught from a conventional paradigm mindset or thought process is the complete opposite of what really is going to get us healthy. Right. You mentioned that these artificial ingredients, including high fructose corn syrup. Yeah. It impairs the development of the brain. And when you're a kid, you don't, want to impair the development of your brain. And where do you find all these ingredients? You find them in our school's children, our our, our children's school, excuse me, vending machines, ice cream trucks, supermarkets, gas stations, everywhere, everywhere. But not only that, we go to hospitals and what do we see? Hospitals are not an environment to heal your body. There are McDonald's and Burger Kings and fast food restaurants in hospitals. How... Does that even make sense? Doctors go on break. Patients take breaks from whatever treatment they're getting to walk into a McDonald's in a hospital. And that's the food that actually contributed to getting them there. But then you think about patients that are going through chemotherapy, which is to treat cancer. They're in their hospital bed and the nurse comes in or the doctor comes in with their food. Processed junk that leads to inflammation and cancer. You go on the American Diabetes Association website to find out what should I eat if I'm diabetic. High carbohydrates, which lands you in this diabetic world. It's like the complete opposite of what we should actually be doing for health and longevity. Oh my gosh, bro. We should definitely, thinking out loud, we should definitely like in the very near future, plan a trip to a hospital and just film a shit ton of content there. And like really... (laughs) really go into like the cafeteria and document 
what they're it's a, doing. It's a brilliant idea. And, and you're absolutely right, though. I mean, we were talking about this before we started recording. It's become so popular to say things like, fuck cancer, fuck depression, when we should really be saying, no, fuck the things that caused us getting those illnesses, because those are just a manifestation of poor lifestyle habits and decisions, right? So talk a little bit about that. I mean, in, in, in regards to, in regards to some of the things that you found to, to be most destructive for the brain when it comes to like mental health, or if you want to take it the direction of some of these other chronic illnesses. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I love that you brought this up. So what Jeremy's referring to is symptoms versus root cause, right? So symptoms is going to be, we're going to label that conventional allopathic medicine using uh, medication, surgeries, et cetera. And then we have root cause thinking, okay, there has to be something that caused this or some or multiple things that cause this. Let's determine that. So a perfect example, and then I'm going to tie it into the cancer yeah. conversation. Uh, let's say, for example, one of your, your listeners, we'll call her Rebecca. Uh, your phone stopped, by the way. You want to just keep going? or? Said something? It got violation reason, misinformation. Oh, gosh. That, that's why, like, these fucking lives are so ridiculous. <laughs> well, so we were, Instagram is still going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we didn't talk about um, I'm submitting appeal, appeal. So just to show you guys exactly, this actually. Right now. And, and I don't mean to ruin your no, no, momentum. I, I'm holding the thought. Keep going. Yeah. This is, like, a perfect example of the world that we're living in. So for those that don't know that are listening or even watching on YouTube, like Ben and I, before we started recording, we set up our phones to do a live stream for Instagram and TikTok. I was doing a live on TikTok on my phone and Ben just pointed out like, yo bro, uh, something happened in your live, like it stopped. And I went to go check it. And funnily enough, it says, Live access, let's see, live access suspended. And the reason is for misinformation. Your live access was suspended for violating our integrity and authenticity policy. We do not allow content that promotes inaccurate information. That's the world we live in. The resistance is strong. And that makes our message even more important. Uh, and by the way, everything we shared, we could, they could fact check us on that, right? There's research to back it up. Um, anyways, let's continue because that's a perfect example of how incredible things are these days. But when we talk about, I'm going to give you a, a crazy example. So let's say one of your listeners, will call her Rebecca. Rebecca decides it's Friday night and I'm going to have some fun. I'm going to eat two pizzas, like whole pizzas. I'm going to have 50 prunes. I'm going to have two cups of sauerkraut and two pounds of cheese and all this food. She's going to feast and alcohol. She wakes up the next morning and she feels like crap. She has all these symptoms. She has acid reflux. She's got brain fog. She's got constipation and really upset stomach. So she 
phones her doctor and she says, I need an appointment right now to deal with these symptoms that I'm dealing with. So her doctor's like, okay, we could get you in, even though it's Saturday, let's get you in Rebecca. So Saturday morning, she's walking to that office with her doctor explaining all the symptoms. I'm dealing with this, 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 this. And her doctor says, no problem. We have an anti-flatulence. We have an antacid. We have five more medications that I could prescribe for you to help you with these symptoms. Now, what if the doctor would have had our mindset and said, what did you eat last night? And then the patient, Rebecca, would have said, I had all this food. And the doctor would have been like, oh, that's the cause. Don't do that again. Don't eat all that food in one sitting. Makes perfect sense because those symptoms that Rebecca was getting are actually gifts from the innate intelligence to show her you did something that actually caused interference in your body. And I'm showing you the symptoms so you correct it and bring your body back to homeostasis. Mm. So symptoms need to be looked at as blessings and gifts from the innate intelligence, this inner physician. And I got news for you. Cancer, diabetes, autoimmune disease, obesity, and all the other conditions people are dealing with are all symptoms. They're actually not the problem to your point. They are a result of the problem. So we have Western medicine, conventional medicine, just chasing symptoms and treating symptoms like driving on a road trip and having the check engine light come on and just covering it up. Then we have you and I, and people are actually looking at functional medicine, excuse me, saying, Hey, why is this check engine light on the symptom? Let's turn the car around, pull it over, open up the hood and find out and then remove that interference. And then what happens is the symptoms go away, right? If you're dealing with weight gain, if you are a hundred pounds overweight right now, you don't have a weight problem. You have a weight symptom. You get healthy, the weight comes off, you release it, but you don't chase the symptom and try to cut calories and focus on weight loss. You focus on health. So there's so many things we could compare that to when it comes to symptom chasing. Yeah. You're very good at just making these analogies that are so simple and so profound. Like literally that analogy, like your check light engine comes on, right? You could literally like put tape over it. That's going to cover up the engine light, or you could actually address the cause of why the check engine light is on in the first place. And those are the stories and analogies that actually, I think, bring this understanding to another level. And I want to piggyback what you said. We're so quick to label things like anxiety, ADHD, and depression as these terrible things. When in reality, it's an opportunity for you to actually check in with yourself and ask yourself questions like, why am I experiencing these different feelings and emotions? Why are these things coming up? What did I eat yesterday, the last week? What relationships am I allowing myself to stay in, even though they might be toxic? Am I doing work that's meaningful and purposeful? Am I moving my body? Yeah. Right? Like, this is a common checklist that we should be going through to really check in with ourselves. And I remember when I first experienced like feelings of depression. I didn't even know what depression was. I was at the university of Oregon where there's like no sunshine for at least six months. And I went to the campus doctor and I mentioned that I was just feeling not like myself, not trying to be in social situations, just feeling very isolated and lonely. And within 10 minutes, I got a prescription for an antidepressant Mm. an SSRI and not once 
did the doctor ask me what my nutrition was like, what my fitness was like, what my relationships were like, wild. what my school was like, if I was going through any stressful situations, just being a college kid, not once. And I figured on my own research, I realized like, oh, wow, sunlight actually plays a huge role in mental health. And I haven't seen any for like four months, yeah. right? Seasonal affective disorder is a real thing, yeah. right? And you know, what's interesting about that story is that it's amazing because we live in a world right now, Jeremy, where the patient actually knows more about nutrition and lifestyle than the actual doctor. And we're educating these conventional doctors. That's the world we live in because they read books, they listen to podcasts, and conventional doctors don't have the time. That person you saw in the uh, University of Oregon, they just didn't have the time. All they knew was, hey, this works for you know depression and symptoms towards depression. But we live in a world where we actually know more. The average human who is studying this information knows more than the actual doctor when it comes to nutrition and lifestyle behaviors. Yeah. And the average doctor learns less than 20 hours of nutritional content in their four years of medical school. And God knows what type of nutritional content they're <laughs> even being exposed to. It's funded by big food companies. That's what they're being exposed to. Yeah. And, and, and you know, there is a time and place for conventional doctors. We thank God for like a, a surgeries and all these things they do. But when it comes to changing your lifestyle and nutrition, it's like, that's not their, their wheelhouse. Um, it's just, it's just not. Yeah. Um, Santiago, why were you saying to wrap up? Huh? Bro. Oh no, it, it's 4.05. We're going till like 4.45 though, bro. Like we have, we're like, we're flowing. We're this going is way deep. Too, like this is way too fun. Um, how y'all doing on Instagram? Much love everybody on there. Everybody go follow on Instagram, Coach Jeremy. I have pinned his name at Coach Jeremy. Should we do a joint live, by the way? Would that make sense uh, or no? On... What, Instagram? Yeah, like, should I just add or no? How would that look? If you add, then it'll just turn it into half and half, right? I don't think that would be... Wouldn't it just be like a split screen of the same if thing? If I'm on there, it would be like your video on your side. You could tilt the camera and mine would be on mine. And then it would be like, I think. Maybe I'm wrong. You want to see what it looks like? You could try it. Let me see. We'll, we'll... Let's just try it out, bro. Let me see um, if it gives me an opportunity to, to like, can you invite me? Uh, yeah. Are you getting some good comments? Yeah, I'll some comments. Invite to join. Yeah, if you know how to invite. Yeah. Let's go. Bro, this is fucking like, dude, like our conversations just trigger more fucking things. I know. I know. For me too. Um, What's up, everybody? I'm with the one and only. If you don't follow this man, you're doing yourself a huge disservice. At the Benazzotti, we've been recording for like an hour. We're taking a quick break so I can go in this live. I, I invited you. Jeremy are going deep, and he, 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 even got, he even got kicked out of a TikTok live stream for what we did. Yeah, I just got I just got my my live stream banned on TikTok 
This is kind of like little. Oh, it's not Little Hickey. It's the Little River. That's where it is. Is this Little River? It's not Little River. Yeah. Come on, Jeremy. Bad yeah. yeah. local. I'm gonna see if I can join yours, sir. Yes. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna hop on Jeremy's and just see if Wallace is there. Let's see. Alright. And Jeremy probably has guys. Yeah. Let's see how that goes. Hey! <laughs> that, that's gonna look dope, I think. So we'll have mine. Should I Oh wait, I already did that. And that echo is gonna fuck with us. <laughs> Oh my Let's god. See if I can. Oh, I can mute myself. Can you? Should I mute myself? I don't know. Oh, but then. Can you guys hear us or no? Can you guys hear me or no? No. Hey, Coach Ben. Coach Ben's trying yeah, to yeah, follow yeah. through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let me too. All right. That brief interruption. We're back in action. Better than ever, baby. Let's go. Um, so I don't know. I'm sure you probably saw this. I think it was last week. Came out psychology of today, psychology, psychology today. A bunch of other really respected medical journals were basically saying that depression is not a product of a chemical imbalance in the brain. Whoa. <laughs> Which is really disheartening to think that for the last 50 years we've been prescribing tens of millions of Americans with antidepressants and SSRIs with the intention that these drugs are going to boost their levels of serotonin production under the assumption that the reason they're depressed is because they lack serotonin. Right? Yeah. So 50 years later, we come to this realization and the thing that bothers me is that none of these pharmaceutical companies are being held accountable. Mm -mm. And in addition to that, these drugs have really nasty side effects, sexual dysfunction, sleep disturbances, and really disrupting the gut microbiome. Mm. Which is connected to the brain, by the way, right? It's, it's, uh, it's all interconnected. Yeah, it's sad, Jeremy. It's sad because so many people uh, use this as like their last resort. They're really, they really need help. They're depressed. They can't go to work. They can't function in relationships. And I've been there. And they're really looking for things to help with that. So they put their trust into these medications, into these doctors, who I really believe they're really well-meaning psychologists, psychiatrists, right. doctors that are prescribing them. but it's the wrong paradigm. It's looking at the symptoms, not getting to the cause. It goes right back to everything that we're mentioning here. What is your premise? You know, me and Jeremy, we share the same premise. The body was built to heal, identify the in interference, remove the interference, the body heals itself. That's our premise. Would you agree to that? Yeah, for sure. And the premise of psychiatrists, psychologists, uh, doctors is the body's not been built to heal. It's actually, it needs help. It needs assistance. You're depressed. Your brain has a chemical imbalance. We need to give you something to help serotonin to be produced. But it's looking at the symptoms, looking at things that are really far removed from the cause. And that's a perfect example with what just came out about the depression and the meds. It's sad. It's really, it's awful. So I'm going to offer, because one of the things I love about 
you is that you present problems, but then you usually always follow it up with a healthy alternative and solution. So I want to do that now. And I want to share my three simple things, simple tips that you can do every single day to naturally boost your brain and your mood. And number one, natural light, preferably first thing in the morning, get that optic nerve to trigger some of those neurotransmitters Mm -hmm. and really set your circadian rhythm in your body's biology. So take off your sunglasses is what you're saying. Yes. In the morning. Yep. Exactly. Number two, eating healthy fats, EPA, DHA, some wild caught salmon, some sardines, some grass fed beef, and then add in things like avocado, extra virgin olive oil, dark glass bottle. You already know. (laughs) And then finally, the unconventional one is stop scrolling so mindlessly on social media. It's good. Because every time you give your time and energy watching other people live their life instead of you living your own, of course, that's going to make you feel like shit. Right? Yeah. So I'm curious to know, what things do you want to add to that in well, terms I of mean, I, natural I, ways to boost our brain health? The last tip is, all those tips are great. Uh, morning sunlight, you know, sinking your circadian rhythm, healthy fats. But that last tip is probably the, the most important one because it's so common. In uh, myself included, right? Like I have found myself over the last few years scrolling, looking at people in our space that have huge followings. And I'm like, man, they're crushing it. And I'm just like right here. And I start to put them on a pedestal, put myself down here. And then I, it puts me in this state that I don't like and enjoy, right? So I've gotten better at that. I think that's a very important tip because the average person is scrolling enough times on their phone with their finger to actually cross or uh, climb the Empire State Building. That's an article that came out. Picture that. On their phone oh. enough times like this to climb the Empire State Building. On a daily basis? On a daily basis. And it's not getting better. That's terrifying. It's getting worse. And we love social media the way we use it because we put educational content. We use it. We don't let it consume us. So, Well, I don't know about you, but that conversation with Ben completely blew my mind, which is why we needed to split up this conversation in two different parts. So stay tuned. The next one's coming out in a couple of days. In the meantime, if you got value from today's conversation, please let me know. Leave a review on iTunes, Spotify. It literally takes like 13 seconds and it makes such a huge difference in our ability to reach more people and impact more lives. Because word of mouth is my oxygen. I don't get paid to do this podcast. In fact, I pay thousands of dollars every month for the production and all of that. And I don't fill it with a bunch of sponsors and promotions, as you probably realized, because I care about you and the user experience. So hopefully you appreciate that. If you do, please take a little time to leave a review. It means the world. And I can't wait to see you on the next episode of Thrive University. Thank you. Much love. And please, please do not forget that your health, your happiness is 100% your responsibility.